the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Onward into hour number two we go. Thank you so much for joining us. Nine minutes after 10 o'clock on this Thursday, the 27th morning of the second month of the year of our Lord 2020. Thanks again to Dr. Yuri Maltsev. Um, that was just about as illuminating as it gets. I cannot underscore the importance of what you just heard from a Moscow-educated former Gorbachev, uh, Gorbachev economics advisor who uh, defected to the United States and has seen up-close-and-personal socialism communism and now free market capitalism his perspective is unlike almost any other so uh, if you missed that conversation i cannot tell you strongly enough also find it go to our webpage they're uploading it now whkradio.com and uh, listen to the podcast our number one on today's date you're uh, you are uh, not going to want to miss that all right joining us now is another doctor of philosophy he is uh, dr everett piper he is of course a columnist for the washington times he is a best-selling author <clears throat> If you have never read Not a Daycare, you don't know what you are missing. Make sure that you do read that. He is also a highly sought-after public speaker and a political pundit joining us now. Former president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. That's when he really rose to prominence, when he wrote uh, an essay to his students at Oklahoma Wesleyan about uh, college not being a daycare. And uh, Dr. Piper has continued to rise ever since. Good to have you back, Dr. Piper. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Bob. Thanks for having me on, as always. Did you ever think about that, by the way? Sorry, just uh, uh, kind of an off-the-cuff thing here. Um, that essay you wrote, you never thought it would blow up into what it did, I would imagine, you tell me. And, and then it became a book, and then it became, obviously, kind of a launching pad for you to bring your incredible wisdom and, and knowledge uh, to the masses the way that you are. No, I didn't think it would happen, and I give credit to you know God's providence and grace. Uh, you can't plan that stuff if I could. If I could actually orchestrate that kind of viral reaction to uh, an essay that was written to a small community here in northeast Oklahoma, I'd be a very wealthy man. Um, <laughs> if, you, if, I, if I knew how to do that and make it happen, 
uh, that would be uh, magic. So, no, I didn't think it would happen. In fact, the not a daycare comment was a very spontaneous off-the-cuff comment on a talk radio show about the Snowflake Rebellion and the trigger warnings and the microaggressions and all this juvenile nonsense that's going on on campuses and universities across the land. I was just getting so frustrated with it, and I said, my land, it's a university, it's not a daycare. And having a conversation such as that on a talk radio show, just like yours, blew up by God's providence and grace. Uh, It gave um, me a platform to engage in these types of conversations. I'm grateful for it. No, it did change everything. That is a that is an amazing thing. It truly is providential. I, I that's that's just wonderful to hear a story like that. And again, to know that you are reaching so many people with such important messages that you would not have reached otherwise. I think I think it's just a glorious thing. Uh, you know what? Let's since we just did that and that was totally unplanned. Let's go out of order. You and I, of course, discuss what we're going to talk about on the air. And uh, I want to go out of order now and go to the University of Oklahoma, not the one that you, of course, you were at Oklahoma Wesleyan, but University of Oklahoma, uh, the largest uh, state school in Oklahoma. I assume it's big than osu yes <laughs> yeah it is yeah okay yeah i, I wasn't sure I, i've been to stillwater in fact i lived in stillwater for a period of time but um but anyway ou is uh the biggest university in the state of oklahoma and we're going to talk about the snowflakery and the microaggressions and everything else that, that's going on right now and this is a story you made me aware of a group of students in oklahoma uh have decided they're going on a hunger strike to demand action after what they call uh, separate incidents involving professors using a racial slur during class. And, of course, the slur we are talking about is the N-word. And they have decided that a professor, Kathleen Brosnan, um, should be fired and that leadership in the university should take the fall as well for her using the N-word in an actual discussion of the history of uh, of the N-word. And in the abuse of the N-word, she was uh, comparing it to, uh, or excuse me, she was... Uh, uh, told the students that they may be triggered by this. She issued a trigger warning that's saying she is going to say this word while reading from a historical document. And uh, that's apparently just a bridge too far. And something called the OU Black Emergency Response Team has, uh, has made a list of demands, and they're going on a hunger strike until those demands are met. Dr. Piper, it doesn't sound like uh, they, they read your book, <laughs> because they are exactly they are exactly the people that need to read it. Go ahead. Well, there's so many things wrong with this story. Number one, education is supposed to be the solution. It's not supposed to be the problem. And unfortunately, in our culture today, not just at the University of Oklahoma, but across the nation, colleges and universities are becoming the problem. They are the problem. They are the seeds of dissent. They are the seeds of socialism. They are the seeds of sexual confusion and sexual nihilism. Where is all of this dysfunction in the United States coming from? I get that question all the time, Bob. It's coming from your local university. That's where it's coming from. We've been teaching this nonsense for decades, and it's no surprise that we're reaping the consequences of terrible ideas with terrible behaviors. And here we've got this story at OU where black students are literally saying that they're going to go on a hunger strike if you or another professor were to enter the community and read Alex Haley's roots, okay? If you go read Alex Haley's uh, famous book, which was turned into a TV series, what, in the 80s? If you read Late that 70s, book, 77 or so, I think, actually. 70, okay, in the 70s. I've read the book. And if you watch the TV series, 
They're, they are historically accurate in the way they communicate, and they use the N-word all the time. The plantation owners do. The blacks do. Society used that word at that time. So what these black students are doing is saying you can't read a book, an iconic, famous, important book called Roots by a famous black author named Alex Haley. You can't read that any longer at OU because it is offensive. They're triggered by it. They're going to go on a hunger strike. So they are actually sequestering, if you will, black literature under the banner of black um, protection. How asinine is this? This is just crazy that you can't have a sensible conversation about what has taken place historically in the culture of the United States. This is terrible education. It's just terrible to silence people and burn books. What are you going to do? Burn Alex Haley's roots? That's where they'd have to go with this. You you read my mind because uh, obviously you know you couldn't read that book out loud on campus because you would be then uttering the word. And the question is, is if you can't read it out loud, can you read it silently? And if the answer to that is no, because that is also triggering that, like you said, do we then burn or ban those books? And and let me take this just a step further. Aside from that particular story of that particular professor leading to this hunger strike, is is. OU, the University, Oklahoma University in Norman, Oklahoma, so racist that there is a need for something called the Black Emergency Response Team? Because I have to believe that if I was a black person and I was going to a university that needed a Black Emergency Response Team, I would probably choose another university. Well, big surprise here. I, will, I don't know this for a fact because I, I haven't done my research, but I will bet you a steak dinner, Bob, a very expensive steak dinner. I'll bet you that your local universities in Ohio have the same response teams. They do? I hope you're wrong. This I hope is... you're wrong. I won't take that bet, though. Because <laughs> if, if I buy a I steak, I'm win. eating it. I think you would, too, and that's why I'm not going to take that bet. I hope you're wrong. But, I mean, that's that's an amazing thing. I mean, honestly, if, if the if the belief, and, I, and, and it's, just, it's, it's just such a fallacy that such blatant, wanton racism exists on college campuses, which are multicultural centers of people of all ethnicities, nationalities, races, etc., all come together that if there's some massive anti-black movement on campuses everywhere that they have to actually have in place a black emergency response team the idea that this is such a racist society here is just it's just it's it's lunacy this is the logical outcome okay this story you and i are talking about right now is the logical and inevitable outcome of intersectionality critical yeah. race theory and identity politics this is the balkanization of culture it is the division of culture. It's the worship of diversity rather than recognizing that you're attending a university. I was the president for that. 17 years of a university because we believed in the unity of veritas, the unity of the verities, the unity, the unity, the university. And when we start elevating diversity above that highest ideal of unity, then we get division, we get balkanization, we get us against them, you against me, um, me against you, and we get, I want my pound of flesh, and I will silence you, and I will crush you until I get that. That is the antithesis of Martin Luther King's judging people by character rather than color. 
I absolutely love when you make that uh, that comparison, uh, university to diversity. I love it. Nobody else has ever explained it that way, and I love it every time you do. Doctor, we're going to take a quick time out here. We'll come right back. Dr. Everett Piper on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 1021 now. We continue. Dr. Everett Piper with us on AM 1420, The Answer. Dr. Piper, I want to pivot to this now. Elizabeth Warren, uh, presidential candidate on the Demon Rat, uh, in the Demon Rat cesspool of candidates, still for now anyway, until Super Tuesday. She'll bow out after that. She um, decided to make a statement about Arizona House Bill 2706 last week, taking to Twitter to describe this bill, which would prevent biological boys from competing in girls' sports at the, at the uh, uh, scholastic and collegiate levels. As cruel, she tweeted, trans athletes are not a threat. We need to protect trans kids and all LGBTQ uh, kids and ensure they feel safe and welcomed at school. I urge the Arizona legislature to reject this cruel bill, end quote. And Dr. Piper, since she said that, apparently the uh, uh, legislature here in the state of Ohio is cruel as well because they have now introduced a bill just announced and introduced yesterday called the Save Women's Sports Act, which would essentially do the same thing. It would It would require males to compete against males and females against females. Now we're being told that this is cruelty toward the LGBTQ community. Your reaction? <laughs> don't, I, want, I almost want to say... Don't tempt me. Don't get me going on this. But you have. <laughs> okay. You've been right. triggered. It's, hey, hey, Dr. Piper, I'm sorry, but when you come on this program, it's not a daycare. <laughs> so here we, here we have it. The Democratic Party, as championed by Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg, Joe Biden, and Bernie Sanders, they all agree with this. She's not the only one. Nobody's refuting her. That's what we need to remember. She's not standing alone. She's standing with her entire party and all of these clowns that are running for president. They all believe that it's cruel. It's cruel to tell a 18-year-old girl um, that she can't have her own bathroom. It's cruel to tell a 17-year-old girl that she um, is going to have to... Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, let, me, let me reverse it here. Okay. It, what, they're, what they're saying is this that somehow girls wanting their own bathrooms, girls wanting their own sports, girls wanting their own showers, girls wanting what Title IX has guaranteed to them, their privacy, their dignity, and the respect for their identity as biological females. What they're saying is that it's cruel for girls to want that if a boy who's delusional or just fly raises his hand and says, I'm a girl and I want to run in that sport and I want to go and shower with those females. That's cruel. <laughs> that, what's cruel is for Elizabeth Warren to suggest that women don't have those rights and shouldn't be given that dignity. Talk about reversing the definitions of the very realities that we live in. We've reversed everything. Girls are now boys. Boys are now girls. Right is now wrong. Good is now evil. White is now black. Black is now white. And freedom and justice have been reversed and put and turned on their heads. We're living in a time where... Isaiah warned us in Isaiah 5, 
Good is beware of those. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Now we've reversed the definition of cruel, and we're suggesting that when women want their privacy, they're acting cruelly toward men. How asinine. Well, if if um, that one got you going and triggered you, again, you're in a place now that is not a daycare, so you better be ready for this. Don't melt like a snowflake would. Let me throw this one at you. A little more than a year ago, the New Jersey State Legislature passed and Governor Phil Murphy signed a law mandating the teaching of LGBTQ subject matter in public school curriculum beginning this coming fall, 2020-2021 school year. In response to the law, the activist group Garden State Equality has prepared the curriculum, piloted in 12 New Jersey schools now, and planned to be employed statewide in the fall. In all courses, this is consistent with Murphy's vision at Garden State Equality's 2019 ball. He said, I applaud Garden State Equality for not only leading this effort, but for your continued work in helping to craft the curriculum. They will be they will be forced to include LGBTQ uh, um, advocacy and inclusive uh, material in all subjects: math, English, social studies, health, science, visual and performing arts, and world languages, beginning in fifth grade. Doctor Piper, they're letting them write the curriculum. Your response? All right. Okay. And here's I'm going to a town hall meeting tonight in Bartlesville, Oklahoma a very red town where probably 80% of the people, and I don't think I'm exaggerating, vote red, vote Republican in every election. Our Republican representative, our Republican representative, a man by the name of Fincher, voted in Oklahoma for a bill to leave committee. It's already left committee. It'll go to the full House now to make it illegal in Oklahoma for any licensed counselor or therapist to provide assistance to any minor, anyone under 18, who wants to step away from a transgender or homosexual lifestyle. It'll be illegal to provide that counsel. That is in the reddest of red states, Oklahoma. So they're indoctrinating our kids at the youngest age with LGBTQ trans propaganda. They're confusing young children by suggesting that they're not really a boy or a girl based on their physiology, their genetics, and based on science. They get these kids confused, and then they make it illegal for you or me, if we're licensed therapists or counselors, to help these kids. I think of what Jesus said in the Gospels when he said it would be better for people to have a millstone tied around their neck and thrown into the depths of the sea than to lead one of these little ones astray. Why do I believe we have to vote Republican? Because the Republican platform is the only platform existing in our culture today that stands in the way of this nonsense and gives you and I and your church and my church and your therapist and your pastor and my preacher the right to help people step away from these things when they want to, the right to convert, the right to convert to Christ and convert. I've got news for everybody listening. We can be born again. We don't have to accept the fact that we're born that way. We can become new creations in Christ. The old can die, and the new becomes real in our lives. That's what baptism is, is symbolic of. You go into the water dying to self. You come out of the water raised again into newness of life, born again because you don't have to accept being defined by your sins and your inclinations. And these bills 
in education to indoctrinate our kids are the exact opposite, as well as to stop us from helping our kids are deplorable. They're awful bills, and they're child abuse. This is literal child abuse. We must, we must stand against it. And the indoctrination, as I said, in New Jersey, you know, they're going to put it into the schools, mandatory across all subject areas, all curricula, all curricula. And as you pointed out, if a parent wants to counteract that that indoctrination, whether it's in a red city like the one you just mentioned, Bartlesville, Oklahoma, or in a blue state like New Jersey, if a parent wants to counter any of that by having the child speak to a specialist, a therapist, a psychologist, or anybody else, they're not allowed to do that. They're not allowed to actually intervene on behalf of their child and on behalf, quite frankly, of science. That's, that's the most disturbing thing about all this, Dr. Piper. 30 seconds to wrap it. Galileo is rolling over. <laughs> because what's the story of Galileo? He was, the, the, the system tried to stop him from focusing on reality. Okay? They were anti-science, and today the same thing is happening with us. We're pro-science, we're pro-biology, we're pro-physiology, we're pro-personal and sexual health, and we're being told, no, you can't talk about reality. You have to imbibe the lie, you have to perpetuate the propaganda. Galileo is rolling over in his grave. Spoken perfectly, as always. Dr. Everett Piper, doctor, thank you so much. Great stuff. Sorry if I triggered you today, but I'm going to trigger you again next Thursday because these (laughs) subjects are not going away. Thank you, my friend. Blessings. Bye-bye. Dr. Everett Piper on AM 1420, The Answer. It's 1030. Time for news on the flip side of the news. Sorry for not having time for calls today. I told you we were loaded at the beginning, and we are. Coming up next, Joe Gilbert, the author of The Trayvon Hoax, is going to be joining us. We are one day removed from the anniversary of Trayvon Martin's death in his confrontation with George Zimmerman. George Zimmerman has filed a lawsuit, by the way, against two presidential candidates who have uh, defamed him and declaring the death of Trayvon Martin to be a murder, uh, essentially. And Joe Gilbert will analyze all of that coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. Onward now at 1037. By my count, that leaves us 23 minutes of outstanding awesome left in this broadcast. It's been, uh, let me be honest with you, it's been a remarkable show already. Dr. Yuri Maltsev joined us in the first hour. If you missed that, it is uploaded now to whkradio.com. Go to the local podcast link and uh, look at our number one of today's program. Dr. Maltsev's interview comes in at about the 20-minute mark of our number one. So check that and make sure you share that. It is extraordinarily important information. Then Dr. Everett Piper joined us last segment for more uh, of his brilliant analysis. And now uh, we pivot away from uh, politics. Well, technically not. We're going to talk to our guest, Joel Gilbert, in a moment. Um, This actually does cross over into politics now. Joel Gilbert is the author of The Trayvon Hoax, uh, which is, of course, a book, but also the director or producer of the film by the same name, The Trayvon Hoax, Unmasking the Witness Fraud that Divided America. Yesterday was the anniversary of the death of Trayvon Martin uh, after his confrontation with George Zimmerman that led to a murder charge and an acquittal of George Zimmerman. And um, a couple of weeks ago, on what would have been Trayvon Martin's 25th birthday, a couple of presidential candidates decided to take to Twitter to opine on Trayvon Martin's death, and in the process of doing so, essentially blame George Zimmerman uh, for murder. 
even though he was acquitted of such. Um, Elizabeth Warren tweeted, My heart goes out to at Sabrina Fulton and Trayvon's family and friends. He should still be with us today. We need to end gun violence and racism. We need to build a world where all of our children, especially young black boys, can grow up safe and free. That was Elizabeth Warren. Pete Buttigieg uh, tweeted something similar. And uh, George Zimmerman said, Enough. You're making it sound like I'm a racist and that I used my gun to commit gun violence rather than what the jury found, which is that I was defending myself against an attack. And uh, so it is political as well. And joining us now is Joel Gilbert, author and uh, filmmaker of the Trayvon hoax. Uh, Joel, good to have you back on the program. How are you? Hey, good to be here. Thank you. A lot of stuff to get into here. I want to ask you about the latest with respect to unmasking uh, the the hoax um, and the the witness fraud, essentially, that your book and your film focus on. I see it is getting a lot of positive reaction from some places where you wouldn't expect it. We'll get to that in a moment. But let's talk about this uh, interesting development. George Zimmerman, who hasn't done a great job since the um, trial and his acquittal of keeping his head down and just kind of living his life, he's found himself making what I believe to be some very poor decisions, uh, drawing a lot of uh, attention to himself that he should not. But in this case, I don't think he sought it. He was victimized by it, and he is responding with legal remedy. What's your reaction to Zimmerman's uh, lawsuits here? Yeah, I'll tell you. Uh, well, first of all, uh, of course, when you see the film, The Trayvon Hoax, by the way, you can check out the trailer, everything, com, and it's number one on Amazon right now, both the film and the book. And uh, he Zimmerman talks about how... Uh, that uh, you know, he was a minority advocate. He's a Hispanic kid. First language is Spanish. He used to actually mentor black kids whose parents were in prison for life. I don't know anybody who did that. I didn't even think of that doing that myself. But that's what he was up to. He was a minority advocate, and he said that after this confrontation and after the trial, when they smeared him as a racist and a bigot and a white supremacist, that he started acting out very badly. And you referred to that. Uh, he just kind of lost all hope that he was uh, smeared in such a way, so he started acting out and getting in trouble. And he said it took him a couple of years to kind of get back to being the person he was. So he's totally been out of any kind of that behavior for the past couple of years. And what you see, though, and I think what he was upset about is uh, Pete Buttigieg in his tweet said, how many 25th birthdays have been stolen from us by white supremacy and gun violence? Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Now, Pete Buttigieg, uh, Zimmerman and his attorneys said that, you know, he's smearing Zimmerman as a white supremacist, a Hispanic kid who, who is not any, in any way racist in any shape or form. And plus, they're perpetuating this, uh, this lie that Zimmerman was engaging in gun violence. Now, gun violence, people think of, and I think the definition is just random use of illegal weapons, uh, shooting people you don't know, uh, th- that's gun violence, uh, Zimmerman had a lawful firearm, and after being beaten very badly, having his nose broken, choking on blood, and people, no one coming to his aid, he eventually fired one shot to save his life. So he looked at that as a defamatory smear. And, of course, Black Lives Matter was founded based on the Trayvon Martin case, and it led to the horrific uh, shootings of police officers, the Ferguson, Missouri, Ferguson effect, everything. And here Pete Buttigieg is tweeting in relation to white supremacy, Black Lives Matter, and, of course, Elizabeth Warren, same thing. She was doing the same as Buttigieg. She was trying to pander to get black voters interested in her campaign by claiming that Trayvon Martin's killing had to do with gun violence and racism. 
uh, which they didn't. And uh, it's just political exploitation, both of Trayvon Martin and Zimmerman. They both ended up having a lot in common that they both got used uh, from a tragic incident turned into a political agenda that has been very harmful to the country. All this uh, racial division, even fake news, all this stuff kind of in the modern era goes back to the Trayvon Martin case and how it was exploited by politicians and the media to turn it into some racial incident when it never was. Joel, um, some are going to look at this and say he's just flat-out greedy because um, he also, George Zimmerman, filed a lawsuit in Polk County um, in December as a result of your book and your film um, right. against uh, against uh, Sabrina Fulton, against uh, Benjamin Crump, the lawyer for the Martin family, uh, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, the state of Florida, seeking $100 million. Now he files a $265 million lawsuit against Buttigieg and Warren. Can, does he have any credibility here? Uh, aside well, from everything that yeah. you just said, some are going to look at that and say he's just trying to get rich off of you know the uh, the, the terrible circumstances that, that he was involved in. Well, I think he's trying to clear his name mostly. Most people realize that in these lawsuits of $100 million and more that no one really gets that money. Uh, in my, I'll remind your, your listeners, in my film, uh, I found out that the key witness of the prosecution, people remember Rachel Gentel. She was the kind of plus-sized Haitian-American girl that was two years older and about 150 pounds heavier than Trayvon Martin. She claimed to be on the phone with Trayvon and heard things that, contradicted all the eyewitnesses and all the physical evidence. This is after Zimmerman was cleared by the police. They cleared mm-hmm. him completely exonerated. It was not stand your ground. It was over. And the family attorney for the Martin family, Benjamin Crump, comes up with this girl on the phone in a recording, and he says her name is Diamond Eugene. She's 16 years old. And she, they're in love. And she he plays a couple excerpts over the press conference. And then two weeks later, the police come to interview this 16-year-old Diamond Eugene, and 18-year-old Rachel Gentel shows up and says, oh, uh, uh, that's my nickname. Uh, oh, oh, I lied about my age. And she incriminates Zimmerman, and he's arrested because of Rachel Gentel. I showed in my film, through looking at the public records and Trayvon Martin's cell phone, that there really is a girl named Diamond Eugene who's 16. I found her. She's in the movie. And I show how she was substituted because she refused to lie to police she was substituted for Rachel Gentel. So Zimmerman's uh, prosecution and his lawsuit is based on the fact that there was a fake witness, that people like Sabrina Fulton, Trayvon's mother, I proved that she knew about it, and she's now running for Miami-Dade commissioner. And this is where it does become political, like you said in the opening, because Sabrina Fulton was a big part of the 2016 Democrat convention. She was introducing Hillary Clinton, and she's pushing this thing called the Trayvon hoax, which I call the Trayvon hoax, which is... Black people have to be very afraid of America because there's armed white men in the streets and police of all black and white policemen that want to shoot you because they don't like your skin tones. This is the nonsense they've been pushing, and no one has suffered more from this than the black youth of America. These are the uh, Ferguson effect, 33% rise in homicides. So I think the Democrats, you'll see them pivoting to this uh, racial narrative now that the whole Russia thing has faded away. And I think it's important to come together to realize that all these race-based cases, Jesse Smollett, Ferguson, Hands Up, Don't Shoot, it all kind of started with the Trayvon Martin case. And when people see this film and book, it's like a life-changing experience. You realize you got played. I'm getting emails mostly from black kids that are saying, the one girl said, I have a black son and I was afraid for him to grow up in America, but now I realize we got played. 
Thank you. So I think people, when they see this film, are going to realize all this racial division was a hoax, it's unnecessary, and that Americans are all brothers, and we don't need to be divided for, for no reason. Joe Gilbert, again, the author and filmmaker of The Trayvon Hoax, really great summary of, uh, of what um, uh, happened uh, and, and the hoax that they tried to perpetrate. Uh, let me ask you this, <clears throat> with respect to the lawsuit against um, Buttigieg and Warren. Yeah. Do you think, and does it say in the lawsuit, and I don't know how much access you have to the actual language of the lawsuit, so, so if yeah, you don't have Yeah, it's online. I've read it. Oh, you did. Okay. How much of this do you think is, because I know that it is being described uh, in the press reports, press releases uh, from the attorneys filing the suit on his behalf, uh, that it's politically motivated for Ward and Buttigieg. Uh, Buttigieg is very well, it is very well known that he is struggling in his campaign in getting African American support. Uh, Elizabeth Warren only slightly better than him. They just have very, very little black support. Um, is it the allegation of Zimmerman and his attorneys that they did this specifically to curry favor and pander to black voters and that uh, they're yes. willing to, they're willing to sacrifice and defame George Zimmerman and his reputation in order to bolster their own, uh, credentials with black voters? Uh, that's exactly what they're alleging, because uh, Pete Buttigieg is they're holding his feet to the fire because he said a few years ago, he said all lives matter in response to Black Lives Matter, later apologized for it. He's also known for firing the first black police chief of South Bend, Indiana. So he's not very popular, and also because pretty much people know that black uh, Americans are largely religious and traditional people and don't are not as accepting of the gay lifestyle as others. And, of course, uh, Elizabeth Warren just got zinged for six of her campaign staff in, in Nevada. Black ladies claimed that her uh, campaign was racist, and she agreed and apologized. So, But this is not new. Buttigieg and Warren are following the playbook of none other than Barack Obama and Eric Holder's Justice Department, because the only reason this case blew up was because after Zimmerman was exonerated in 2012, uh, Obama knew that he was the black vote was not in the tank for Obama in 2012 because they had 50, 60, 70 percent unemployment in urban America. Everything had gotten worse. Illegals coming in, taking the jobs, driving down wages. Businesses were closing with big taxes and regulations. So they needed something to galvanize black support for Obama. They sent down Al Sharpton. They sent down the Community Relations Service of the Department of Justice, and we've pulled the documents. They said they were going to investigate. Instead, the Department of Justice actually helped to organize protests demanding Zimmerman's arrest without evidence. And the, then Obama, of course, jumped on board, said, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon. So politicizing the tragic death of a black teenager, very troubled kid, Trayvon, to put a Hispanic man in prison, Zimmerman, so they could control black voters. It was a very evil idea. And Warren and Buttigieg didn't make this up. They're simply jumping on the old bandwagon that they think they can uh, emotionalize uh, the black vote into voting for them with these ridiculous uh, claims that uh, George Zimmerman is a white supremacist and, and so on. Joel Gilbert, uh, author of The Trayvon Hoax, filmmaker also called The Trayvon Hoax. You really need to see this if you if you have not yet done so. Again, you can see the trailer and uh, get access, uh, right? They can get access to the film. Is it available in uh, full download uh, at the website? Yeah, if you go to the website, thetrayvonhoax.com, you can actually live stream the movie right there. You Perfect. can uh, jump over to Amazon, get the book or the DVD, 
and it's just a life-changing experience. You'll realize how corrupt the media was, the corrupt the Florida judicial system was, and how they led the country down a, a path of, of racial division for nothing, just for their own agendas. And in the end, Zimmerman and Martin have a lot in common. They were both used for this agenda, and I think Zimmerman, with myself proving the fraud, the witness fraud, uh, he's trying to clear his name. And uh, I, I hope it works. I think when he gets all these people under oath uh, in depositions, I think the truth is going to come out, and maybe the country can go in a different direction, and we can stop with this uh, fake race hoaxes. Uh, we made so much progress in race relations that the race hustlers simply were going out of business, and they had to invent. Now they got to invent these sensational things, like I think the girl in uh, Virginia said, oh, the white kids cut off my dreadlocks. That was a couple months back. Yeah, yeah. Three then, days of course, later. then, of course, the, the, the well-known okay. Jesse Smollett one, of course. Oh. Yeah, these, these oh. things, these, these hoaxes are happening again and again. Uh, Joe Gilbert, thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Joe Gilbert, author of uh, The Trayvon Hoax. Again, that website is thetrayvonhoax.com. Really, really great information, and he's right. It did a lot of damage to race relations in this country. Not that they needed any help being damaged, but this really did um, hasten the division. Final segment coming up. I haven't had a chance to take a call today. No, I took one. Um, if you want to get in, do it now. 216-901-0945. AM fourteen twenty the answer. All right, final segment of the show is usually a short one. This one is no different. If you missed the interview with Dr. Yuri Maltsev in the first hour of the program, listen to it now. It is on our webpage on uh, whkradio.com. Listen to Dr. Yuri Maltsev. He was brilliant. And the reason they kill, the reason they curse, the reason that all socialist regimes would be despotic and would be dangerous and murderous is that socialism does not have any incentive. In the market economy, you are working to get a better home, to get a better car, to better your family, to, to do whatever you like to do. That's what Adam Smith was telling us. Under socialism, because of the equality of results, there is no incentive to do anything. And the only way the government can, can rule is by threatening people with death threatening them with violence, with coercion, sending them to Siberia or any other place. The man knows of what he speaks. He was born in Russia. He was raised in Russia. He was educated in Soviet Russia. He knows exactly what he's talking about. Let's go to Marcus in Medina. Uh, wants to talk about socialism on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Marcus. Go ahead. Hey, Bob. Great show today. Um, I just wanted to uh, comment. I had a history teacher back in high school who put forth a theory, and I, and I can't remember who the theory was by, was that if you put the United States and the Soviet Union on an ideology line at opposite ends, that actually what was happening is that the United States was moving towards the Soviet Union, and the Soviet Union was moving towards the United States, and that eventually, at some point, they would meet in the middle and possibly cross and, and, and shift positions on the ideology line. And I think you see some of that, Maybe not to some great dramatic effect in the Soviet Union, but certainly in the United States where we're becoming less free. We have less liberty. We're becoming more like the Soviet Union, and in a lot of ways the Soviet Union, or Russia now, is becoming more free and having more liberty. And it's, it's striking. 
I would agree with the former, Marcus, I would agree with the former more than the latter. We are seeing a lot of our freedoms being eroded. Uh, we saw that even, even just in, in 2009 when Barack Obama took over the, the White House and, and demanded and got it passed and approved by the Supreme Court that Americans no longer have the freedom to go uninsured. You must buy a product from a private, uh, uh enterprise, uh, or go to jail or be fined or go to jail. That, that type of Soviet style coercion is indeed, you know, here in the United States and we are moving in that direction. I don't know if I see necessarily the flip side. Freedom, uh, uh, you know, uh, being embraced by or being afforded to the well, Soviets or to the Russian people. You know, moving towards liberating the Soviet Union is relative to where the Soviet Union started at. But <laughs> fair, fair enough. Hey, Marcus, I got a jet. I want to get TJ in before we're done. Thanks for the call. TJ in Cleveland, go ahead. Yeah, you know, Bob, the left is telling the women all the time, it's your choice, just your choice, to eliminate that life inside of you. Now, the next day, they tell the same woman, it's not your choice to how big of a soda you can buy. It's not your choice to what your kids can eat in school. It's not your choice to what books you can read. It seems like the only time they champion personal choice is to eliminate life inside the wound. I mean, how demonic is that, Bob? Very much so. And what you just described, thank you, TJ. You, you just, you just laid out essentially the DNC platform. <laughs> this is the Democrat Party platform for the 2020 elections, not just for president, for, but for all of those looking to hold their seats in Congress or in the Senate and beyond. That is, uh, the state of hypocrisy. That is the state in which they live. Um, and, uh, and that is the sea in which they will drown. That's all the time that I've got. Thanks for being a part of the show today. Listen to it. Listen to it. WHKradio.com. Bye bye. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flint with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com